Hello, everybody. Well, as most of you, I'm sure, know by now, we got hit by a cyclone, Cyclone Gabriel, although I, I think they really missed a chance to call this Cyclone Cindy, or Cindy's Revenge. Really, really disappointed that that wasn't the case. And just a side note here, where is Cindy? Jacinda Ardern. She quit. She's disappeared into the ether. Completely off the radar. So I have no idea what's going on there. Anyway, I digress. So we've been hit by a large cyclone here on the east coast of the North Island of New Zealand. And, well, there's a lot of problems, as you can imagine. Um, The night of, it was pretty freaky. The wind was pretty scary. And because the, the rain was basically horizontal, we didn't actually know how much water had fallen. What happened was... A lot of the rivers around here burst their banks and have caused massive flooding, a lot of deaths, a lot of damage and destruction. Thousands of people displaced, homes gone, orchards gone, farmland destroyed, crops destroyed anyway. Uh, Now this happened on Valentine's Day, well the night before, just leading into Valentine's Day. And well, there wasn't a lot of sleep being had for, for most of us that night. And no, I'm not talking about the Valentine's Day hanky-panky, you perverts. There was a massive storm on outside, just to make that clear. And when we got up the next morning, uh, no power, no internet, no cell phone service, nothing of that kind. Uh, And if you didn't have a radio, a little handheld radio, you had no information of what was going on. A lot of people got up and went to work in certain areas, not realising how bad this actually was. Now... The days after this, it's really, really hit home how bad this has been. As I said, a lot of people have lost their lives. We've still got thousands and thousands of people missing or unaccounted for as they're reporting. They're currently reporting about 10 deaths, although the word on the street, the rumour mill, is that there's a lot more people that have died than we are aware of right now or that is being reported and I don't want to speculate on numbers but it's certainly sounding a lot worse than well the mainstream media is reporting of right now anyway now if you've seen any news reports on it you know there's some towns that are completely completely cut off and they're now having problems they still a week later don't have power they're having a water crisis and there's reports of looting and gang problems as well in certain areas of the region now I and people that I know, friends and family, we are very lucky considering, very lucky, Um, particularly, I mean, I got power back about after about a day. I don't know how. I'm extremely grateful that that came back on. We still didn't have cell phone service for a while. It was very, very patchy. Um, But once the, the power came back on, we got the internet back and could contact people that we needed to contact. But as I said, a week later, there's still a lot of people that don't have cell phone access, internet access, um, or electricity, things like that. So I don't think this was initially reported much around the world, uh, or how it, it took a few days for, for this to really sink in how bad it is. I even saw somebody, I think it was Ragnarok Survival, by the way, he has some great tips on grab bags and things. I might actually leave the link to that in the show notes on his YouTube channel, fantastic stuff. Um, called it New Zealand's Cyclone Katrina is what we're is what's happening here. Now what 
what we've got is a full-on military operation happening as well so so we've got military helicopters flying basically day and night at this point and I, I assume they're doing rescue missions but also flying out water to the areas that are needed and any other other things such as clothes and food and medical supplies that type of stuff uh, but the initial reaction to all of this it t- like I said it took a uh, kind of a day for it to really hit home about what was going on uh, a lot of bridges are being completely wiped away the state highways particularly the one between Napier and Taupo that is it's impassable really there's and there's people living along that that's about a well around about 100 kilometers that highway and it is in you know through the through the wilderness some of the back country of New Zealand but that road is I don't know when that will be back up and running and that is a key route for Hawke's Bay linking it ultimately with Auckland up north and I mean anyway once once all this kind of hit home about what was going on the lines began supermarket lines reappeared just like the Voldemort virus times the lockdown times Uh, even cars lining up at petrol stations the lines backing out onto the road as people clam clambered clambered is that a word We'll go with it uh, to get fuel, and then the the word got around that fuel was running low, so the panic set in. And I guess this is what you see when most natural disasters is going to be the human reaction. Again, listening to Ragnarok Survival on his podcast today, saying the same thing. But yeah, supermarket shelves, you know, stripped bare because who knows when they're going to be stocked up again. Was I guess the the panic in everybody, but this is. A lot of people not being prepared. And while I'm far from a uh, survival expert or a, uh, a prepping expert, just being prepared a little bit saved me from having to fight the crowds for food, basically. I had uh, fuel here for cooking, which came in handy. Boil some water, cook up a steak as the meat's defrosting in the freezer. Again, like I said, I was very grateful because the power got the power back on very quickly compared to other people here, so I didn't lose any of the food. But yeah, just being a little bit prepared is what's come out of this. It's a real shock when it hits home. And New Zealand is prone for natural disasters such as big storms, cyclones, um, but predominantly earthquakes. And we kind of have this drilled in to us as kids that you've got to be prepared for earthquakes. You can probably hear one of the helicopters going over right now. And anyway, just being a little bit prepared was a real blessing. Although I wish I was a lot more organised. I mean, one of the things I didn't do was fuel up the car before this happened. We knew the storm was coming. We didn't realise how bad it was going to be here on the East Coast because it was coming up from north, from the because it was coming from the north, from the Pacific up north and going through Auckland, Coromandel, etc. first. I think Coromandel got hit pretty hard as well. But yes, just I mean, fueling up. I mean, I had half a tank, but I would, would would, but I would have preferred to have a full tank in case you need to, you know, to get the hell out of there. Uh, and just being more organised overall would have been a very good thing for me to be. But look, glad for the things that I did have prepared: enough food, enough water to to get through at least a week, and um, look, just having friends and family that can go and connect with and meet up with make sure they're all right all of that kind of thing very very important and that becomes more important at some sort of plan where you're going to meet people if you can when something like this hits and there is no 
cell phone coverage? Do you have another form of communication? I know some of my family members had uh, walkie-talkies and they had planned to talk at lunchtime and at 5pm that day. They uh, they were just short-range walkie-talkies, but they had something to communicate with each other with, being a few blocks away from each other. Of course, it'd be preferable to have more long-range forms of communication, but look, that's something that they had. So now with all the fallout from all of this, obviously the big problem becomes humans, human beings. We've got reports of looting We've got reports of gang problems. We've got uh, even through Twitter, again, listening to Ragnarok Survival on his podcast, I wasn't even aware of this particular story, but people running from the cops had thrown these little metal shards all over the road to, to puncture tires and stop the cops chasing them. Of course, that then affects every single person. They're just trying to go out and buy food and, and do what they need to do, get what they need to get. Then they get their tires punctured as well and can't go anywhere. Now, of course, we've also had people stealing generators from the... Well, the one I heard was from a cell tower. Now, I saw Vodafone come out and say these are GPS tracked and we know who has the generator. So I don't know what they're doing about that, but there you go. So anyway, look, my whole point here being in the area is important things. You need some kind of form of... Uh, communication or something that you can get information from like a little handheld radio because things go down you are completely out of the loop a lot of people didn't know that the substation here was actually underwater and that there was no word on when power would be back on and that it could take weeks and now for some people that is taking weeks our wide eye for example doesn't have power still big pockets of napier don't have power I'm not sure what's going on with Gisborne exactly. I know they were in a water crisis too. I'm not sure what's happening with their electricity, but you know, some kind of for, some form of radio that you can get information to, some kind of plan where you're going to go if you're going to meet up with friends and family somewhere, and a grab bag, a grab bag if you need to get gone fast. And I tell you what, what becomes massively important suddenly again in people's lives is cash. Now, the world wants a, seemingly wants a completely digital and connected world, very centralised world. But now, after a natural disaster here, we have shops that aren't accepting any other form of payment because they can't. And cash has become king again. So that, that's something to keep in mind. Make sure you've got some cash on hand that you can take with you. And it's a real reminder to push back on these types of things like central bank digital currencies as best we can. Um, what I've also found very interesting about what's happened recently in New Zealand, we haven't really had a summer. Not really. It's been muggy, but it's been overcast and rainy pretty much all summer. And Auckland got hit by a massive, massive rainstorm about three or four weeks ago. And now we deal with the cyclone as well. I think it was about the third or fourth storm we've had this summer. And as a kid, I don't remember this happening like this. Not not in February, not a massive storm like this in February. And of course, the media has come out and, and pre-bunked, which is the word Google has come up with to get ahead of those conspiracy theorists. The mainstream media in New Zealand came out and pre-bunked the cloud seeders and said, no, cloud seeding's not to blame for all of this weather. I don't believe... You're lying eyes, people. And I found that very interesting, and it did get me speculating about things like massive storms like this, and can they be controlled? Is this part of 
uh, geoengineering program or not. In this instance, it's an absolute tragedy what's happening. And that's what we have to deal with. But it did get me speculating, the conspiracy side of my brain, thinking about geoengineering with a modification. Can that be used to herd people into these safe zones, otherwise known as uh, 15-minute cities? Get people off the land. Can this type of thing be used to do that? Destroy farmland, destroy crops, destroy whatever, just flood them out. And your answer to all of that would be whether you believe geoengineering with modification is that far advanced or not. Whether things like HARP have that capability or not. I lean yes, but in this instance I have absolutely no idea. But I, I will just say this. The days after, once the, the clouds had cleared away, we've now had going on the third day of blue sky. Just a few natural clouds floating around. It's been beautiful weather. There doesn't seem to be any fishy, fake clouds drifting around. None of those trails in the air, which I find kind of interesting. Once all the grey sky had gone, it was a bit messy up there. And then summer. Summer is magically here. So we'll see how long that lasts. But it's certainly helping dry out the areas that were um, that were hit hard, although I'm, I'm sure it brings other issues along with it. But um, is that not a little bit fishy? I mean, we've got the, the New Zealand military here. We've got even got some Aussie military that have come over. And I believe some personnel from Fiji as well have volunteered to come and help. And with that going on, the skies seem to be just beautifully blue. So make of that what you will. But look, this whole thing unfolding here in New Zealand, it's an absolute tragedy. Now, some of the areas, the stories of some of the areas that received the worst flooding are just absolutely horrific. You've got families that climbing onto the roofs that were rescued off the roofs, but some families actually punching holes in their roof to get into the, you know, into that sort of crawl space area to survive with their family, the young kids and everything. And the, uh, one of the stories I heard, that they could hear the furniture hitting the roof while they were up there. Um, which is just absolutely terrifying. But So look, this is uh, a very, very big tragedy uh, in New Zealand and on the east coast of the North Island particularly. Um, your thoughts and prayers are, are welcome. Thankfully, I and my family and friends are all all doing okay, but thousands of people aren't. So basically, if you're wondering where I was for all of last week, we got hit by a cyclone. What can I say? Okay, well, leaving here for today, this has been a another, well, an update from, I'd, I'd guess I'd call it that, an update from the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast, and uh, I'll talk to you again very soon.